Welcome to the Gone Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Howell. And I'm your host, Angie Rogers Howell. What is the Gone Boss Podcast? Well, it's a weekly podcast featuring awesome women in our community. We'll interview them, find out what makes them tick, the cool things they're doing to make our community a great place to live and work, and how they've gone boss. This week, we're brought to you by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Learn more at SchaeferLeadership.com. We're also brought to you by Mr. Bid Auctions. Find out more about them at MrBidAuctions.com. If you have a comment about the show or something you want to share with us, just call or text 765-233-2640. Again, that's 765-233-2640. We might just use it on the show. Who do we have on the show today? Today, we have Jackie Hanneman, Executive Director of the Ross Community Center. We're supported today by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Learn more at SchaeferLeadership.com. Coming up, we have a virtual workshop. It is a two-part series. Oh my gosh, two parts? So much info, they have to break it up into two parts. And it's all virtual. It's all virtual. It is on August 26th and 27th, so that is a Wednesday and a Thursday from 2 to 3.30. So you can attend it in your, well, maybe by two o'clock in the afternoon. You might not be in your jammies. I don't know. You might be. I hope you take a shower every now and then. I should hope so. I don't know. You're working from home. It's all virtual. You don't have any, yeah. Nobody can smell your stink. No one can smell your stink. It's fine. (laughs) It's going to be the five love languages of appreciation. Ooh. Ooh. That one sounds pretty good. Yes. It's presented by Michelle Vore. She is the learning and development manager at Muncie Power Products. You know, at work, people try to express and receive appreciation in different ways. But if you try to express appreciation in ways that aren't meaningful to your coworkers, they might not feel valued at all. That's because you and your coworkers are speaking different languages. This session, you will learn how to express genuine appreciation to coworkers and staff, even on a tight budget. You will increase loyalty within your employees and volunteers in the organization, reduce cynicism, and create more positive work environment. Oh, we might need that one here sometimes at Farmhouse. <laughs> Improve your ability to show appreciation for difficult colleagues and convey the language of physical touch in appropriate ways. There we go. That's, there you go. That's that hugging. Yes, there's hugging. Well, you've heard of the five love language, yes. right? The yes. Physical touch, words of affirmation, quality time, gifts, acts of service. Those oh ones. my gosh, you you recalled I, them all. I know these things. Yes. <laughs> I only know the one I, I, I appreciate. Which so. one is yours? Acts of service, of course. Mine too. I know. That's and why words, we get along. It is. And words <laughs> of affirmation. Like those, that goes a long way for me too. Yeah. I like it when people say nice things. Yeah. But like I have a friend and her thing is like gifts and I don't care about gifts. I don't need presents. So she has like a, a hundred baskets in the, in the garage. Probably. Yeah. Or Ugh. like, oh, I saw this in the store and I thought of you. Here, I'll take it here. And I'm like, oh, that's people great. people not giving you gifts. You giving she, gifts. Yeah. Or a lot of times you try to like, whatever your love language is, you give other people love in that love language. Ah, so like okay. if your love language is gifts, you'll be like, here, Angie, I thought of you. Have a gift. And I, my love language is acts of service. And I'm like, why are you giving me this gift? I don't care about that. <laughs> that doesn't make me feel loved. If you love me, clean the toilet or whatever so there you go but we're going to take that and apply it to workplace relationships too okay i just want to go on record and say if you want to give me stuff i'll take it i mean i'll take it but i might Especially not feel wine, appreciated bourbon yeah we just got a coffee cake in here the other day yeah, i mean i, I appreciate sweets, yeah. sweets chocolates I'll, Food, I'll take that i mean i'll take that too so i appreciate that but uh um, no but casseroles the, don't bring me a casserole don't bring me especially a tuna casserole <laughs> okay <laughs> anyway <laughs> Where can a person find out more about all this? A person can find out more at SchaeferLeadership.com.
in the studio with us with our masks on. <laughs> we have Jacqueline Hanneman, Executive Director of the Ross Community Center. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, what you're you're not a Munsonian. I'm just going to guess. <laughs> <laughs> I am not a Munsonian. Um, I'm from South America. I'm Venezuelan Guyanese. My mother's Venezuelan. My father's Guyanese. My father grew up. Guyana was a British colony, and he grew up between Guyana and England. The reason for my accent. Okay. I am the child of conflict. My mother's country, Venezuela, wanted to wants still to take over my father's country or five eighths of my father's country. Their their countries were in conflict. My parents, my mom and dad made a cradle of love for me Mm -hmm. because it was the safe zone. Before I was born, Venezuela was had invaded the Anacoco Island, which was half Guyanese, half Venezuelan, and the Guyanese were going, you know, they were they were really up in arms and they burnt the Venezuelan flag around the consulate and my it was very exciting because my parents you know, they were burning the flags and Venezuelans go home and, and the Venezuelan government had to fly you know, a plane in to get my family and my mom had to come off off the roof. It, it was very sad. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you grow up hearing these stories that, you know, you, you, you ha- I had this images of them, of, you know, the Venezuelan government swooping in to pick my family mm-hmm. off the rooftops. <laughs> um, and I didn't know anything beyond love, mm-hmm. you know. As I grew a little older... I started, we went to Canada. We lived in Canada for a few years. And then when I came back to Guyana as a child, I was about seven years old, I started realizing that something was not right. And when I was about eight, I remember we were, my mom and I were going to the market and there was this open air market called Stabrook Market. And suddenly, I, there I am, eight years old, and my, I heard this woman, I mean, my mom was friendly with everybody, mm-hmm. you know, all the merchants and the fishmongers. And this woman who my mom had bought from every single Saturday just turned around and screamed at us Venus go home you're invading our country and I remember being so shocked because I was like why is this lovely lady who greets us with such love every Saturday screaming at us and people looking at us and other people arguing with this woman Mm -hmm. saying why are you saying that you know I just remember being impacted by that and then going home and my parents talking to me and, you know, I had heard the stories, but then them explaining that, you know, we will keep you safe. Mm -hmm. You know, nothing will happen to you because my first thing was, are they going to hurt my mom? Mm -hmm. Are they going to hurt me? You know, even within this cocoon of love, there was always that otherness. Mm -hmm. And then every year we would go between the two countries. So in each country, I was the other. Okay. Yeah. So when we were in Guyana, I was the Venezuelan. When mm-hmm. I was in Venezuela, I was the Guyanese. Okay. And it was very interesting, you know, and it sort of shaped my identity of as the other, mm-hmm. but as an other in the cocoon of love. So how? So I, I gather we we were in Guyana uh-huh. and in Venezuela. Uh-huh. How, what brought you to the states? How did you get to America? So I've only been in the U.S. for thirteen years. Okay. Ball State, actually, I was a professor in Venezuela at the Universidad Metropolitana in Caracas. Ball State had a virtual global program with Dr. Barbara Stedman. 
And Barb had created partnerships across the world. So she'd had a partnership with Kathmandu College of Management in Nepal, American University in Cairo, Second University in Mullah in Multan, Pakistan. And then they were looking for one in South America. They chose Venezuela. And then the, um, the U.S. Embassy chose my university. And my colleague, Helen Saragossa, was a warden of the embassy. So we were the two professors there. And when the program ended, they invited us over to come and give some lectures. And then the reason why I stayed, I was getting ready to go back, I fell in love. And my husband's a professor at Ball State. Oh, okay. So I stayed in Muncie because of love. Okay. <laughs> and I then... wondered, like, what is the story? How did you get here and stay? Yes. And then we went to South Africa okay. and we lived there and then we came back and... As a professor in Venezuela, and before I became a professor, uh, I'm a sociologist and educator, so I was working a lot in community development programs in Venezuela. And so I wanted to get back to that, so I was looking for jobs everywhere. My neighbor said one day, you know, Jackie, I volunteer at Habitat for Humanity. And I was chatting with Ray Montagno about Mm -hmm. you, and Ray said, oh, you know, we have a revitalization program. So I went down and I chatted with Ray, and and so he turned to me and he said, you know, the Ross Community Center is looking for an executive director. And I think like many people, I was like, where? (laughs) What is that? (laughs) What is that? He said, well, it's just down the road. And so I went. And I remember looking at the building and I remember looking at the neighborhood and thinking, this is so familiar to me in a different, in a slightly different way, because I have spent my entire professional career working with multidimensional poverty. And so I worked in the barrios of Caracas. I worked in the um, rural marginalized areas of Venezuela. I worked with national programs in Bolivia. I worked in the Essequibo. Um, I worked around Venezuela in different impoverished places. I worked in the townships of South Africa and in the very impoverished inner city areas. And so it felt, it felt familiar. Right. Like this might be right up your alley. This might be right up my alley. But what really attracted me was the fact the Royal Center was chosen as a catalyst for neighborhood revitalization Mm -hmm. and a concentrated focus model by the Ball Brothers Foundation, that's what attracted me. I was like, oh, this is really exciting. You know, to be able to build an organization up, to become a catalyst for revitalization of the South Side. My God, this is up my alley. (laughs) You know, so that's what brought me to the Ross Center and that's what's kept me there. It's, it's, It's really exciting to be part of something that is really going to change and really help walk with our community hand in hand right. for a new path, you know, and that's that's just very exciting. Excellent. So tell me a little bit about the Ross Center. What is it? I mean, I know where it is, and I know yeah. some of the things they do, but uh-huh. sometimes I feel like it's the little hidden gem over on the <laughs> south side that people don't know about. So tell me yeah. a little bit about the Ross Center and what it does. Well, thank you. Thank you about asking. Thank you for calling it a hidden gem, because <laughs> yeah. I like to think about <laughs> it that way. So the Ross Center is a community center, mm-hmm. and it's It's very important for people to realize that because some people think of us as a youth center or as a recreational center Mm -hmm. only, and we're not. We're a community center. We work with people of all ages, from babies to 95 plus. Our mission is to advance education, health, and wellness through our program services and activities. We envision becoming a center for unique learning, lifelong learning, but also a place where you can develop your skills, but a place of wellness, Mm -hmm. holistic wellness. So in that way, we do programming for 
children, adults and seniors, like after-school programming, mm -hmm. tutoring. We have music. We have many different partnerships. So, for example, with Youth Symphony Orchestra, we have um, music for the kids. Mm -hmm. They're learning to play the cello and the viola. Nice. Um, which is beautiful. Um, Muncie Symphony Orchestra bring that together in music. We're part of the A12 Coalition mm -hmm. with many of our lovely um, sister and brother organizations. Um, and then we have services. We have a big community market on Fridays now. Mm -hmm. Under COVID-19 before, we started in May 2019. And we would serve about 100, 120 people on a weekly basis. Now right. we're COVID hitting 600. Oh, yes. <laughs> COVID has changed it. We've had to go outside. Uh -huh. And so, but it's not a pantry. And that's something that I'm very adamant about. Uh -huh. It's not, here's your food and go. It's a market. It's a, a place to build community. It's lovely to see the people coming. So we chat them up. How are you doing? How's everything going? How's the family? How can we help? We have different resources there. We have the, um, all the veggies are outside. So instead of just throwing the veggies into people's boxes, so we still give them boxes, mm -hmm. but they have a choice. So from their cars, they say, hey, you know, today we have broccoli and cabbage. What would you like? You know, we have broccoli, cabbage, tomatoes, blah. and they get to choose and we put them in the box. So okay. there's a choice. Right. We also have resources for children. We have uh, Michelle Kinsey from WIP brings activities every single Friday. Mm -hmm. We give out these wonderful activities, PBS Kids. The Children's Bureau has brought things. You know, the Children's Museum will soon. And then, so near our ball fields, we have a lovely copse of trees. And so people have come out of their cars, bring their launchers, and just six feet apart mm -hmm. they just build community oh, they chat so nice. they talk so it's really lovely mm -hmm. and then um we're starting to have programming on fridays there so like dr lynn witty from the healthy lifestyle center has started coming talking to people on fridays you know about the coronavirus about the healthy lifestyle and bring and we're, so we're going to start bringing in other programs so while you wait we have programming, mm -hmm. we have services. Just finished our youth baseball, we had the WIPB summer programming mm -hmm. online, we had exercise videos online. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we've had, because of COVID, we'd had to stop some of our programming. Um, but we're trying to get some of the services back. So one of the things that we do is that we connect people to services mm -hmm. too. So somebody calls, this happened to us a few, uh, a few years ago. She came in and says, oh my God, um, a tree fell on my house. Come on and have some coffee. How can we help? Pick up the phone call Habitat, call Pathstone, you know, call the different organizations. How can they help? At the end of the day, Habitat ended up buying her house, finding her a new place to go. So that's also what we do. We're going to do our full programming with kids because we want to continue having programming, but at the same time, we will have online mm -hmm. tutoring too and on-site tutoring during the day for kids who are doing virtual learning. We are also, through the wonderful grants that we got from Ball Brothers Foundation, IU Health, Vectran, and many others, we are building a sportsplex, a sports multiplex. Okay. So in 2018... And this was the Ball Brothers Foundation. It was their baby. It mm -hmm. was their brainchild. To look for a place in the south side of Muncie that would be a concentrated focus model that would be that catalyst for revitalization. We were just very fortunate that they chose the Rolls Center. And so they poured resources into helping us to build these ball fields. Um, so in 2018, we had our first two new mm -hmm. ball fields. And now... We are building our third ball field and our soccer field. Oh, wow. So in 2021, <laughs> we're going to have three new ball fields and 
two adult, two junior soccer fields and one adult soccer oh, field. Wow. And okay. so we'll bring tournaments to Mansee. Sports are important. Sports and recreation are important. Mm-hmm. But it's not only about that. We got a wonderful grant from IU Health Community Investment to do a walking trail around the Ross Center and going towards um, Memorial. Mm-hmm. So it's creating that space of wellness, mm-hmm. health and wellness. Health, wellness, community, all of that comes together. Everything and, coming and together, yes. Awesome. Yes. And then last year, we had our first fundraising event in recent years, and it was an international festival. Yes, I saw that. So that that was very exciting. We had 18 countries, food from 18 countries, Mm -hmm. and entertainment. And we had over 200 people come to the Royal Center. And it was just a wonderful event. So this year, we're not going to have the festival, but we are going to have an international takeout. Oh, that's... On September 12th. Okay. So we're going to have food from three countries together with artifacts, together with a video. It's going to be very exciting. Well, that's a a nice way to still be able to continue that. Exactly. But look at different ways to do it. Exactly. Now that we're in the age of corona exactly and that's changed everything so it is awesome. it is and what we wanted to do was we want to celebrate the diversity of Muncie mm-hmm. I think people don't realize that there are so many people of different nationalities in Muncie Yorktown mm-hmm. you know I mean there are like until last year you would go to almost every um, Walgreens and CVS and there would be a Southeast Asian pharmacist there are Southeast Asian doctors. There are mm-hmm. people from all over. You know, at the Ross Center over the summer, we had, what, 10 Chinese families really? participating, you know. And then at the center, we are seeing more families from different countries. We've had families from China, Taiwan, Hong Kong, Australia, families from different Latin American countries, Mexico, Guatemala. Well, I think we get in our little bubbles wherever we are like okay this is where I am and the people around me are like this but we need to realize that it's a bigger world out there even here in Muncie even here in Muncie yes now we live in farmland we're not a very diverse population (laughs) there but we're working on it Now, tell everybody where the Ross Center is located and where they can find out more information, of course. Absolutely. So the Ross Community Center is located at 1110 West 10th Street, Muncie, just across from the old GM factory, now where there are some new lofts. We've been there since 1974, but it's so interesting that so many people don't know about mm-hmm. us. They just drive by it and don't they realize what it is. Exactly. Yeah. Our website is www.rawcentermuncie.org, and then our we have a Twitter and Facebook and new YouTube, YouTube channel, channel, correct? A YouTube channel yes. now. Yes, we do. Well, yes, awesome. we well, do. we'll link to all that kind of stuff well, in the show you. notes and everything too, so you'll have all that. Now tell us, what do you do for fun? I love to cook. Okay. I love to walk. I love to snuggle up and read. I love to talk. And I love to hug. And that has really <laughs> affected me. really Because <laughs> I haven't been able to hug anybody except my husband and my mom <laughs> in, you know, almost five months yeah. now. So it's like when the kids come back to the Royal Center for um, our fall programming on August 24th, I don't know what I'm going to it's do. It's going to be different. Yes, yeah. because sure. we hug. Yeah. <laughs> See, I am not a hugger. So during this last five months, I am 
I am down. Yeah. Yes, here's my bubble. Don't come into it. And somebody knock on my door today, this morning, come in to try to sell us something, which I didn't even know they did that anymore. But he's like, hi, how you doing? And went to shake my hand. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is Corona. We don't do that. Exactly. <laughs> so it was interesting. And now it's time for the lightning round. Quick questions for quick answers. The number one question, what's your favorite band or artist? The boss, Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. (laughs) All right. Didn't even have to think. I did not even have to think. Awesome. What's your favorite album from them? Oh, my God. Don't ask me that question. (laughs) (laughs) It's too hard. Too hard. Um, Working on a dream. I mean, I only discovered Bruce, like, later. Yeah. You know. So my husband has the older ones, the the first albums. But I I don't know what his best albums are. I just love all his music. All of his music. Awesome. Are you an early bird or a night owl? I'm a night owl. Okay. Yes. I wish I were an early bird. I really, really want to be able to see the sunrise before the summer is over. Ugh. I think it's (laughs) overrated. (laughs) Sunrises are overrated. Matt Owl would say differently, but... (laughs) Our son started going to school, and I've seen three or four sunrises already. Yeah. So. Well, he's driving himself to school to Hagerstown. So, but we have someone has to get up of and course. make sure that he's actually getting himself up and out the door of and all course. of that. <laughs> and that person is Matt, not me. What's your favorite book? Little Women, since I was a child. Okay. But yes, I wanted to be Joe. I always wanted to be Joe. Okay. <laughs> have you ever met anyone famous? I had the honor of meeting the Archbishop Desmond Tutu when I was in South Africa. It was an honor that we actually met in a small group at a cocktail party. Actually, it was a celebration of his wife. People don't know about his wife, but this was a celebration of his wife because she is a pioneer in the domestic workers movement in South Africa. And throughout apartheid, she fought for the domestic workers. It was all a celebration about her. And then there was an interview with him. And we were right there and he was on the stage. And one of the questions was, so this woman is so accomplished. How do you keep up with her? And so Archbishop Tutu said, I don't. I, I drag behind her. He was a one, he's a wonderful man. And so we had a chance to meet and he is tiny. Really? He is tiny. I <laughs> I didn't realize how he's like this tall. Oh my he goodness. He is tiny, yeah. So and funny. He is hilarious. He never stops laughing. That's awesome. Yeah. What's your guilty pleasure? Chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Can't go wrong with that, right? Dark chocolate. Oh, okay. Love chocolate. What's your favorite movie? I actually have two. That's that right. We'll let you have two. That's okay. <laughs> um, and this is since I was a child. But one is The Sound of Music. Okay. Very romantic. Oh, yeah. And the other one is The Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> <laughs> Those are two very different movies. Very different movies. <laughs> but they're both I, excellent movies. <laughs> I think part of it is because I'm in love with Anthony Hopkins. Okay, but, yeah. but yes, so that shows you the contrast in my personality. Awesome. What's your hidden talent? Something you can do that nobody knows or doesn't think about. I don't know. I'm, I'm very yeah, no, shocked. Okay. No, it's all right. Let's see. Joanne McKinney can tie a cherry stem with her tongue. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, Stephanie Hutchinson can make goat noises. With her mouth. <laughs> with yeah. her mouth. Don't know if I have any hidden talents. Yeah, I make paper airplanes, but no, I'm just kidding. No, that's um, <laughs> Every time I make a paper airplane, it does not fly. So that's pretty good. <laughs> Do you sing in the shower? 
I do. I have a horrible voice. I, <laughs> I sing like a frog. So I make sure nobody's nearby. But I do love singing, yes. I don't do it as often as I should. Okay. Do you sing in the car? I do. I found that most people sing in the car, if they, even if they don't sing in the shower. I do. Now, do and you sing with the boss, or are we talking other other uh, music? Mostly the boss. Oh. <laughs> and so my John, we my my in laws used to live down in Florida until they died, and we would take that long trip, mm-hmm. that seventeen hour trip. Every time Outlaw Pete came on, oh my God, you've got to sing Pete. along. I had to sing along, <laughs> and I would go crazy, and John would say, "My God, you're a mad woman." <laughs> so maybe that's my hidden talent. There you people, go. People think I'm very, you know, I'm very serene, but actually. You put on the boss, and I, I go crazy. You're ready to cut a rug. All I right. cut a rug, yes. <laughs> Star Wars or Star Trek? Ah, oh, Star Wars. Dun, dun, dun. Star Wars, yes. <laughs> What's your most used emoji on your phone? Uh, the one that is, um, well, with my friends, the one that is um, the kissy The one? kissy face? The kissy okay. face? <laughs> How about the people that aren't your friends? What, what do you use for that? I don't send kissy faces. <laughs> And, uh, well, the one I use the most um, with people who are not, you know, that I cannot send kissy faces to <laughs> is the sun. Okay. The sun or the smiley face with the blushing. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Yes, right. those two. The those sun two. and the blushy face. Yes. Those work. Which awesome. I never really understood what it meant. So I just think it's smiling. But I don't, I don't know what it yeah. means either. So. I don't know what half of those emojis mean. Yes. Like, what are you doing? I don't know. That's all right. Well, thank you so much for being our guest today. We really appreciate it. It is my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. No problem. Thank you for stopping by the farmhouse. Of course. Thank you. Bye. (laughs) We're also brought to you today by Mr. Bid Auctions. Find out more at MrBidAuctions.com. Mr. Bid Auctions is an online auction company located here in Muncie, locally, downtown. Troy McElfresh is awesome. He is a licensed auctioneer that started the company in 2016. Did you know that? Just 2016? That was like just a few years ago. Well, four years ago. And in the corona times, it feels like a million years ago, but that's true. (laughs) True that. And in corona times, you can sit at your computer, go to MrBidAuctions.com, and get stuff. Like, yes. Like bid on things. Bid on things. And it's so fun. There's an excitement to it, especially when you get down to that last two hours or whatever that the auction's running. Yeah, and you're and, like, ooh, I got to beat this guy. And and his website like dings at you. It's great. So That's you've been awesome. outbid? Ding. Oh, well, I'm going to I go better get back on and that outbid person. that person. Awesome. Well, they specialize in selling store returns from like the big box stores, but they also offer other auctioneering services too. So not just the online auctions and, and that kind of stuff. They are offering a special offer for Gone Boss listeners. What? Yes. Just for us? Just for us because they love us so much. Thanks, Troy. If you're a first time bidder, you will pay no buyer premium on your first auction. That is an 18% savings. All you have to do is when you register, add Gone Boss number one. That's Gone Boss hashtag or number sign one in the note to the auctioneer. And before your credit card is processed, the buyer premium will be removed. I'm going to encourage, if if you've never given this a shot, I'm going to encourage everybody to go right now to MrBidAuctions.com and just sign up. Yeah, just look, browse and see what's available. Because I'm telling you, there's new stuff we saw church pews on there a couple weeks ago i know and we Could, you we didn't did, bid on it because i want one <laughs> i know maybe maybe they Troy, didn't sell them all and if you have an extra one we will buy one we yeah want we want one. one for the front porch exactly 
See what's new this week at MrBidAuctions.com. Remember, you're a winner with, with Mr. Mr. Bid. Bid. Angie's been on the internet again, and she <laughs> My favorite found thing. <laughs> some stuff. I don't even know what it is. She just has a printout, and she's going to read some things. Yes. Well, you know, I love like one-star Amazon reviews. Yes. I don't know why you read them, but okay. I think they're funny. <laughs> and there's like a whole nother podcast out there that's all they do is read one-star reviews. And it's very funny. It's a brother-sister team, and they do a good job. It's funny. But I figure, you know me. Yes. The rest of the community may not know this about me, but I love a good poop story. I am a 12-year-old boy on the inside. Her entire family loves poop stories and things about poop. (laughs) It's weird. Poop and farts. Her favorite emoji, of course, is the poop emoji. Exactly. Her sister, her dad, they're all about poop. Maybe not my mom. Mom's going to listen to this and it's that you are- She's the only clean one. You are excluded from this. I get along with mom pretty good. (laughs) Anyways, in my family, it's all about poop stories. Matt absolutely hates it, and it grosses him out, and he cannot handle it, and he thinks it's disgusting. So, so, I, so what are you going to read to us? Well, sugar-free gummy bears, did you know, they make you poop a lot. Sugar-free gummy bears. <laughs> yeah. So if you need to go, pop a, a few of a those few in of your these. mouth. Yeah, but don't take more than like four, because you <laughs> will explode. <laughs> all right, let, let, let's hear a few. All right, this your oh, husband. I apologize in advance. You're going to hate this. I thought things people said about sugar-free gummy bears were exaggerated. What a fool I was. I write this in the hopes that future generations will break the cycle and never have to live through what happened to me in the harrowing hours that were to come. That night, I lay awake in bed, sweating, farting profusely, and unable to sleep because I read to run to the bathroom every few minutes. Wow. Yeah. The stench was incomparable to anything I had ever smelled before. If I saw my worst enemy approaching a bowl of these, I would dive in front of it to save them from the horror of what I experienced on that black day. Woe betide to anyone who fails to heed my warnings. Wow. <laughs> Somebody really enjoyed writing that. They, they, they did. <laughs> All right, here's another one. The cramping started about an hour later, and soon enough, I was as bloated as a balloon in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. (laughs) When the rumbling started, I sprinted down the hallway, and I made it to the bathroom just in time for the four horsemen of the apocalypse to stampede from my backside. (laughs) Laying waste to my home septic system and my will to live. Three hours of pelvis-shaking gummy bear assault, I was spongy and weak, surprised that I had any bones left. I cursed Harry Bow, the maker of the gummy bears, with the little strength I could muster. So if you eat the regular ones, are you okay? I think they're okay. Remember when, like... Those chips came out with like that weird low fat alternative back in the 90s, like Olean or whatever. And they made people poop their pants. (laughs) They said you may experience anal leakage. (laughs) You you can tell how much he gets a kick out of that. You hate this so much. It is what it is. (laughs) Do you have one more for us? Just one more. No, she's got like three pages of this stuff. I have two more, but I have to wait because I'm crying because I'm laughing too hard. (laughs) Okay, I think I've collected myself. I was glued to the toilet seat, streams of fire bursting from my colon. (laughs) 
When I wasn't experiencing Satan's fury exploding from my rear, I was laying in the fetal position of the bathroom floor, sobbing and asking for forgiveness. Did you eat the whole bag or what? I don't know. I am a 120-pound man, and I was sobbing. When it was finally over, I couldn't move. I crawled on the floor one last time and sat motionless until my dehydration finally required that I drink water. The other reviews are absolutely perfectly accurate. This is 100% true. Eat two at a time, three if you're brave. But for the love of God and all things on this earth, do not eat anymore! In exclamation. (laughs) Satan's fury. Satan's fury. Wow. That would hurt. Yes. This one's kind of long. This is the last one. But it's the last one. I All promise right. I will stop talking about the bathroom here in just Oh, a my gosh. You're dying. All right. Here we go. All right. This is this guy or person, I don't know, they don't really say, was taking an exam at college. It started subtly at first, almost like a slight tingly sensation in my lower abdomen. I thought nothing of it, assuming my intestines were just doing their thing. Little did I know that my intestines were trying to desperately warn me of the horror that was on the horizon. By question nine, it happened again, but this time it was followed by a sharp pain, as if those little infernal hellions had orchestrated an attack upon my colon. I fought to contain the groan that was escaping my lips. It was at this point I began to panic. Something was going horribly wrong, and I needed to get through this test before it got any worse. By question 14, my fear was upon me. The Satan's bears were burning hot, dark magic, crashed against my sphincter (laughs) like a tidal wave. I was able to close the hatch just in time, but those relentless toxic bears beat against it like orcs breaking down the doors of Helm's Deep. (laughs) I knew I wouldn't be able to as much shift in my seat without risking a breach. I kept fighting through the exam, clenching my cheeks with all my might. I think he means butt cheeks. Yeah, yeah. Beads of sweat. You got it? Good. Beads of sweat began rolling down my neck. Suddenly, a loud, gurgling war cry came from my belly, and the entire class lifted their heads to look. Oh, no. At this point, nothing mattered except expelling this ungodly presence from my bowels. (laughs) With 15 questions left, I promptly wrote C for every answer and ran out of the classroom. My professor yelled something, but I was too preoccupied with the volcanic eruption that needed to take place before I could find sweet, sweet relief. At least he got out of the... At least he didn't poop like on the floor in exactly. front of all of his classmates. That would be terrible. He'd be the poop guy forever. Exactly. <laughs> I burst into the restroom like the Kool-Aid man, and behold, the handicapped stall was empty. Sun rays from the adjacent window shone upon it as if it was a <laughs> gift from God itself. It took me less than 0.5 seconds to undo my belt buckle, pull down my pants, and finally relax my weary buttocks onto the toilet seat. It took absolutely no effort to expel this demon. Almost immediately, the floodgates of hell were open, and the damned, liquefied soul of an entire bag's worth of gummy bears cried as they burned through my sphincter into the watery abyss below. I've never said sphincter so much as in this podcast. I have never felt such simultaneous relief and anguish in my life. After 30 more minutes of this, I immediately went home and dug a hole in my backyard and burned the remains of the gummy bears. I leave with this. Do not, I repeat, do not eat these spawns of Satan. Not only did they cause me to fail my final test, but the anguish I experienced is something I wouldn't wish upon anyone, not even my worst enemy. The only place these godforsaken hell bears belong are buried deep below the Earth's surface. So in most of these stories, they uh, equate these gummy bears, these sugar-free gummy bears, to Satan and hell. Yeah, because I think it feels like there's like a fire. Brimstone and fire coming out of your... 
come and have your butt. Your butt. Sphincter. Remember that that's Sphincter. what you're supposed to say. Sphincter. Anus. Leakage. Oh Anal leakage. I Thank leave goodness you with we're this. done with this segment. <laughs> I hope and number no two was eating lunch. You're off the internet for at least a week. <laughs> Let me find more poop stories. I'm sure I can no find No more them. poop stories. <laughs> the I write in right now. Email us. Tell us no more poop stories. No, tell us how much I you, will appreciate you love that. hearing Angie laugh and Matt just be grossed out. That's what we want to hear. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Gone Boss. Be sure to check us out at GoneBoss.com or hashtag GoneBoss. We're on Instagram at GoneBoss2K or you can find us on Facebook just by searching Gone Boss. If you have a comment about the show or something you want to share with us, call or text 765-233-2640. That's 765-233-2640. We might just use it on the show. Also, join the conversation in our Facebook group. Just search Gone Boss and hang out with us. If you like what you hear today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you find your podcast. Today's episode was brought to you by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Check them out at SchaeferLeadership.com. We're also brought to you by Mr. Bit Auctions. Find out more about them on MrBitAuctions.com. Have a great rest of your day, and don't forget to tune in next week and find out who has Gone Boss. Gone Boss.